The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were even afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it into his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. The Gospel today from Mark is actually from the very end part of the Gospel. And it's interesting that uh, what Jesus has to say at that point uh, in his life, approaching his death. And so he uh, tries to instruct a little bit and prepare the disciples for what is to come. And you can see the response of the disciples. They, they're not even listening. In fact, they don't want to listen because what he's saying is something that is foreign to them. Apparently, their view of Jesus was not that he was going to be on his way to a crucifixion. Not at all. In fact, they were really concerned about something else, and we find out a little further in the gospel what they were talking about. They were concerned about where they would stand in this new kingdom, who was going to be the greatest. So that, that is what was on their mind. It raises the question, and by the way, this is something that Brother Richard always brings up at the early stages of the uh, confirmation classes that we have. In fact, they're starting next week. He always introduces this by asking the question of what the early church asked. Who is Jesus? And there would be all kinds of discussion, as we know, and there would be certainly further questions about, well, is, was he just human? Is he divine? Is he only divine? Is, and so forth. And a lot of the early theological discussion of the church circles around this. And eventually, of course, we come to the, the doctrine of the incarnation, that Jesus was both God and man. But frankly, that's more of a doctrinal statement something to lay the groundwork for what we really believe, and that's what we do believe. 
But on the other hand, uh, there's another question, a further question. And it has been discussed over the centuries, but more so in more recent centuries, and that is the question of the development of Jesus' consciousness. Did Jesus know he was God? Did he know it from the beginning? In fact, I remember uh, in the Catholic Church, there's a veneration of the infant of Prague. And if, I don't know if you're familiar with the image, but it's an image of sort of the child or baby Jesus as the king of kings. He has a crown on his head, and he has an orb and scepter. And the, it follows the tradition that Jesus was always aware that he was God and that he had the full powers of the divinity even from the time of his birth. And so that's one extreme view. However, let me lead you maybe into uh, to consider something else. I started off by mentioning that we're at the end of Mark's gospel and he, Jesus is speaking about himself as one who is to suffer and die and rise again. Something he really didn't start with. There are three major themes in the, in the preaching and teaching of Jesus. The first one is the consoler the consolation of Israel. And by the way, this is in the early uh, passages of Isaiah the prophet. Comfort ye my people. His early sermons, like the Sermon on the Mount, when he began his public ministry in the synagogue, when he read from Isaiah that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And of course, all the things that he was aspiring to do was to encourage people, instructive in the ways of loving one's neighbor and oneself. And the Sermon on the Mount is a, a very classic example of that. So that initial period of Jesus' ministry was one of consolation. And, and, it, and it really does reflect the consolation of Israel that we read about in the prophet Isaiah. But then, as time go on, because remember, we, we estimate that the ministry of Jesus was approximately three years. So there was a development, because sooner or later, Jesus began to be the reformer, the challenger, and the chastisement of those in, in Israel who were the fundamentalists. And, you know, woe to you, O Pharisees, because etc., etc. And he would be calling out the leadership. Very confrontational. And we, we presume that this would have made him somewhat popular with the zealots, who, of course, hated Rome and the occupation. And they said, oh, yeah, this guy's speaking our language. But then, right near the end, of his preaching, he begins to speak about suffering and death and resurrection. And of course, uh, these things follow right through in the reading of the prophet Isaiah, because the, the last chapters 
in Isaiah's writing has to do with the so-called suffering servant of God, the suffering servant of Yahweh. That's how Isaiah ends his message. And that's how Jesus ends his message. And there are some who feel that Jesus had to come to this in the course of his, his personal development. And I think that we should be open to this kind of an interpretation. It's not a teaching, but uh, I think it's something that helps us to be attracted to Jesus and to understand the significance of his life for us. It is the human side of Jesus, uh, his life from the beginning, the middle, an end, and then the resurrection. It's there that we, we get to know Jesus the person. And it is there that we begin to image his significance as we go forward in history. And so, I, let me conclude with this. I wrote it down because I, I'm very bad on ending a sermon, as you probably noticed. And I'd like to conclude with this. It says, Christ passed through all the stages which a person who struggles passes through. That is why his suffering is so familiar to us. That is why we share it. And why his final victory seems to us so much our own future victory. That part of Christ's nature, which was profoundly human, helps us to understand him and love him and to pursue his passion and death as though it were our own. If he had not within him this warm human element, he would never be able to touch our hearts with such assurance and tenderness. He would not be able to become a model for our lives. As we struggle, we see him struggle also, and we find strength in our partnership with him. We see that we are not alone. He is fighting and struggling with us by our side. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.